I definitely think it's an opportunity for us to think about doing school differently, getting them to be more interactive in the learning. Some teachers, they use different emojis, engage students through chat box conversations, polling students. There is opportunities here to be able to develop that independence in their learning. Welcome to CQ University Commentary, the podcast bringing you our experts to explore and dissect issues that affect you, your family and your community. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode and join the conversation on CQ University social media. This episode was recorded during the global coronavirus outbreak. As a result, CQ University has dedicated the first season of this podcast to focus on conversations about the issues from COVID-19 that you may not have considered, but are still changing the world we live in today. In following social distancing advice from the government, Our interviewers and experts conducted these conversations remotely, so you may experience a lower quality of audio recording. Visit the CQ University website for more information on our response to COVID-19 and advice for students and staff. The major barriers to the transfer of conventional to distance learning have been ensuring equitable student access to technology and training teachers, parents and children in using an online learning environment. That's according to CQ University education lecturer, Corey Bloomfield, who joins me today. Thanks, Corey. Thank you. So, Corey, you recently co-authored an article on distance education teachers and their understanding of and strategies for student engagement. Now, what were some of the key focus areas of that article? Yes, this um, this particular article is one of um, of two that have come out of a research project uh, led by Professor Kate Ames, uh, along with Dr. Lois Harris and Dr. Joe Dargouche, there, where we looked at a school of distance education and how they their teachers conceptualised what it meant to engage students and how they were able to not only identify that but also what some of the tools and and you know, skills that they had in being able to do that. So some of the findings that came out of that study were really looking at um, the unique challenges that uh, come with trying to evidence whether you have engaged a student online or not. And in that article, you do uh, make mention of checkpoints. So you mention how teachers can use the online tools to introduce frequent checkpoints within lessons to help them gauge whether a student is engaging in the coursework or not. So I'm just wondering, what are some of these checkpoints and how do they work? Yeah, so checkpoints will really it will depend on the technology that uh, you know, each individual school or classroom uh, is is using. We found in the study that um, that depending on the learning environment that the students are in, there were a range of different strategies and techniques that the students uh, that the teachers used to be able to uh, engage students in checking for understanding, and not only just checking for understanding about learning, but also a check in for their emotional well being as well, and the strategies that they used and the types of techniques techniques vary depending on the needs of the individual students, but also the age ranges as well. Because this um, School of Distance Education that we conducted the study in worked right from children at kindergarten age through to year 12. Some of the checkpoints that uh, were evidenced um, through this study with the teachers were looking at um, being able to engage students through chat box conversations, polling students on different um, aspects of the learning experience. So getting them to be more interactive in the learning rather than passively learning. Um, Some teachers, they used um, different emojis to be able to support Mm -hmm. students, to be able to um, give the teacher an indication of how well 
they understood the content or how well they were feeling at the beginning of the of the lesson or the day and things like that. But then there was also other ways that they were trying to um, check in with their understanding even outside of those lesson times. So okay. being able to use um, different programs. One example that was used by one of the primary school teachers there who was working in early years was using a um, program called Seesaw where they were, a student was able to send um very quickly inform um, their work through to their teacher and the teacher could easily give feedback to them in, in, with a lot more immediacy than what they had previously experienced obviously via email but even before that when you know, schools of distance education worked on mail in mail out of your schoolwork um, and you, know, you weren't getting feedback for sometimes you know weeks or, or possibly even months so um, you know technology is certainly supporting uh, teachers in being able to give feedback at important junctions whereas that has been, I suppose, more of a stagnated sort of um, clunky process um, in schools of distance education previously. It sounds uh, very innovative that we're now using technology in the classroom that students uh, outside of the classroom would be using in their day-to-day life. So chatbots, messenger, you know, emojis, who would have thought? I think that sounds really cool. Yeah. And is is that something that sort of came into play when those mechanisms were were thought out, that they did need to tap into the technology that was being used outside of the classroom? Yeah, I think it's something where, um, you know, as distance education um, in the research that we've done, but obviously the literature that we've um, been been working through as well, we've been able to identify that um, the growth in schools of distance education, so they're certainly getting more students um, who are opting into distance education um, in recent years, and that's um, not just in Australia, but um, transnationally as well. We've got a case of um, a lot, a broader group of students who are um, needing that support and it's not being just about um, the classroom, the academic learning, but also about the well-being. There are a lot of students who um, are not being able to cope with the conventional schooling model for various reasons. Some of those uh, around their mental health, um, lots of students with high levels of anxiety, social anxiety, things like that. The the general school environment um, can be can be quite daunting and on medical advice um, often move into distance education. So things like okay. using emojis, using chat boxes to be able to express emotions without having to um, you know talk in front of the class, uh, being able to record your oral presentation or do it in a you know, in a breakout room with a small group of of students and things like that. Some of the strategies that I suppose. Um, uh, moving from the mainstream classroom into the online learning is certainly happening, but we're also seeing that you know the inverse effect as well with with a lot of blended learning opportunities as well. All right, so you you mentioned their sort of emotional and well-being support. So how does technology and pedagogy help distance education teachers better monitor and support the behavioural and cognitive engagement of their diverse student group? Yep, excellent question. I guess it's something where um, the cognitive engagement, as I mentioned earlier, is really trying to be able to get students to engage through agentic learning. So we talk about different types of engagement and you hit on one there with behavioural engagement, but also um, having a sense of agency and really choosing to engage in the learning and being able to help them facilitate that journey. That's something that um, we identified in the study as being an area that um, is certainly... 
a hot topic uh, for distance education and online learning about how we go about doing that better and being able to hopefully support our students in being being able to do that do that more effectively. The behavioural engagement, um, and that came out fairly strongly in being able to yeah, check, have those check-in points and be able to identify if that student is, um, you know, listening to, you know, to, to the or doing the the act learning activity and things like that. And, um, you know, obviously, if, um, you know, within, uh, you know, the tertiary education sector, we uh, are able to identify how many clicks that they're having on their Moodle site and things like that. Uh, in the distance said that we had, they didn't have the same learning platform as as we as we do in at CQ University. But that's an area that they can sort of sort of work on around behavioural engagement. Um, being over overcome a kid who just decides they're not going to show up to the lesson, um, that's yeah, that's a bigger issue, of course. Um, so if you yeah. think about behaviour, you know, in that in that sort of you know more blunt sort sort of a way, or um, you know, switching off their microphone or camera and things like that there are those sort of sort of tools to be able to deal with a, a student um, who's you know might be having some behavioral difficulties but um, that was not identified by um, the participants in the study as much uh, of an issue for with online learning it was more about the difficulties that come with using technology um, you know the complications that come um, that was probably more of a stressor for teachers um, who teaching in the online environment uh, the classroom behaviors that uh, teachers in a face face-to-face um, conventional schooling model have were certainly lessened. So it was yeah, a bit of um, yeah, a, a trade-off, I suppose, in that um, they, they felt as though they didn't have to deal with the behaviours um, as, as much given that, um, that remote learning um, environment there. But uh, I guess with the way that they work around those issues is really good communication with, um, with parents um, and often, you know, particularly with, with um, the younger students, um, they, they have either parents or um, designated home tutors there with them supporting, not so much um, in the secondary um, grades, but um, definitely still that high level of um, communication with parents around their, the engagement of, of their child in the learning process. I think that's a great trade-off, to be honest, you know, quickly learning technology, but not having to deal with the high level of students who might, you know, not engage in a classroom setting, but are obviously choosing to engage in um, technology, which is a positive that I see anyway. Now, you did mention uh, parents and parents are obviously playing a big role at the moment. Are strong relationships with students and parents necessary for effective engagement? Um, based on the findings from this particular study, we were, we were looking only at teacher perceptions, but teacher okay. perceptions were certainly um, that, yes, the level of parent engagement um, was was core to to them being able to maintain that engagement in the, in the learning process. So it was a shared journey of not just the teacher and the student, but teacher, student and parent, um, very much more so. And um, from what, um, you know, anecdotally from my experience working you know, in in both distance education and and in um, conventional schooling models, um, seeing that there was a, certainly a lot more um, communication between teachers and parents in that environment um, com- compared to my experiences in mainstream. Um, probably, you know, that's something that we picked up on. It was obviously a pilot study um, where we were looking at the teachers' perceptions. We are currently in negotiations to further our research in this area of um, student engagement, both in conventional and distance learning environments. So really trying to uh, hopefully be able to build upon, um, you know, this this first study and be able to mm-hmm. look at, um, you know, engaging students and um, within that research and parents as well. Okay, that's good news that this has um, potential to grow. Uh, I think transition to distance education has really changed the the research landscape. 
you know, we have other sectors of the university looking into different ways we can improve online engagement as well. So that's that's great. Now, you mentioned uh, with the transition, teachers did find adjusting to technology difficult. Were the were there any other um, engagement sort of initiatives that they, they struggled with throughout the transition? I think um, that was probably key from what um, what came from the teachers who were participants in the study about when they came to become you know, teachers of a school of distance education was mm-hmm. that was the, the steep learning curve was the use of technology. And it's not just um, the ability to operate the technology and oh. um, trouble, trouble, troubleshoot all the issues that come with that with, um, you know, students not being able to um, use the technology themselves, having to teach um, their new students how to use the technology, um, issues with you know, bandwidth and things like that. We, you know, we've got students in remote areas and how to tr- how to work around issues like that. But really, it was about the pedagogical differences as well. That they use the skills that they use to teach in a classroom environment, in a you know face to face environment. Those were transferable, but they had to think differently about how they were teaching and how they set up their lessons, how they you know develop their resources to be able to you know better sort, suit that online learning environment. So it was a pedagogical change, not just a technological one. Okay. And that also brings me to my next uh, question. What are some of the great practices in terms of digital pedagogy being undertaken in Australian schools of distance education right now? You could use Seek University as an example, but if you have come across any others, um, I'm sure our audiences would love to hear them. Yeah, I think so. If if we just base it within within this particular study, the teachers, um, some of their reflections were that it was about building those quality relationships with not just students, but obviously, you know, in uh, in the primary school setting, the parents, and even in the in the high school setting. Um, creating a safe classroom environment uh, was also key. So it's still considering the fact that you've got a very diverse group of students there who have diverse needs. So understanding that and differentiating your teaching practice and how you engage those learners for their individual needs was important. Also using inclusive technological tools to facilitate those interactions and monitor that progress and doing that in a way that, you, you know, it's not just about checking um, to make sure that they're on task and understanding the learning, but also trying to make learning fun for them and relevant as well. So being able to work within those structures that you've got there. Um, a lot of them drew upon school-wide pedagogical frameworks and teaching strategies. So that's something that, uh, as you sort of mentioned there about what we do with CQ University, that's something where pedagogical frameworks and teaching strategies might happen within schools within the university, but as far as a, a university-wide pedagogical framework about how we teach online at CQ University, that's an area that um, that's obviously an, an open for opportunity there. Um, but also the other key um, issue that teachers found out about how they needed to try and engage students in that online environment was being able to encourage students to self-regulate, um, not if I suppose their learning behaviours, in being able to make them um, more independent as learners because they um, weren't there with them from nine to three. They might have you know had a, you know, a few different lessons through the day. With them, but there's a lot more time, um, as on, most online learners know, where you're independently studying, going through coursework, and having to work at your own pace and stay engaged. Um, so that's something where a lot of these young people who are going through schools of distance education, or given our current situation, where a lot of our young Australians are 
are learning online and uh, or uh, or maybe learning from home, um, you know, via hard copy work. There is opportunities here to be able to pro, you know, develop a lot more self-regulation about their learning behaviours, developing um, that independence in their learning rather than having to rely on you know, the authority of the teacher to direct them in their learning. So really helping prepare them for adult learning environments where the, that be you know, in, in uh, federal higher ed, um, regardless, it is much more independent. So yeah, this could be actually be a great way to transition students from a secondary schooling into uh, further education and training as well. And just an extension of that, do you think it's also preparing students for the working world where technology is becoming very evident in almost every profession out there? So I guess they're getting a taste very early on as to what work life could look like down the track. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being able to um, you know, communicate effectively via email, um, you know, setting up meetings via Outlook or you know, whatever you know the the platform happens to be um, is a certainly keys um, you know, to, to be able to help them with that transition to work. But even um, if we're looking at uh, professional development in work environments, on the job training, a lot of it is online learning packages. Um, yeah. So it it is helping them for for those those um, situations as well. And I think yeah, as as we sort of move, it's not just about um, the work environment. Social environments are now are very much online. Um, given our current circumstances even more so, but that's, um, yeah, technology has been assisting us not only with our work environments, but also our social uh, interactions as well. So um, certainly a way of the future. Okay. And, you know, given that there, there sounds to be a lot of benefits of this and, you know, with strategies in place to help teachers and students, do you think if we are to go back to normal, and hopefully that's sooner rather than later, that this sort of online distance learning and engagement will form part of teaching future? Yeah, I definitely think it's um, it's an opportunity for us to think about doing school differently, um, you know, reshaping that model of what is normal. Um, and given, you know, the technological capabilities that we currently possess, really giving this this as a time for us uh, to reflect on how we teach our next generation of young Australians coming through, and you know what what messages we are trying to you know, send them, how are we shaping them, um, whether we maintain the norm, which um, is you know, still working within very much an industrialised model of schooling, to one where it is much more open and uh, learning is um, a, a, a much more organic process and seeing how that can fit in with our current structures that, um, that we have in place um, will be a very interesting time. Now, I just want to say thank you for joining me today and sharing some great insights into the teaching world and how teachers are, you know, engaging with students when they probably not all the time can see who they're engaging with. So it was great. And until I see you next time, stay safe. And yeah, thank you. Thanks, Jess.